Good morning, and welcome to Saturday, as we call it, the beginning of our <laughs> debriefing for the last uh, week of nonsense. Uh, it's almost like you don't want to leave your phone or your TV or whatever, because there's always something new coming up that says, oh, no, they didn't. Oh, no, they really aren't doing that, are they? <laughs> to me, it's entertaining, because I do expect from everything I'm seeing that what I've been saying for a long time, and now everybody out there is saying, and they're working on it hard, getting out the vote. And one way or another, people know, even if you stand online, what is your life worth? Do you want this man to keep picking your pocket and telling you what to do and acting like you don't matter? So I'm happy about all the early voting. Uh, it's 10 or 100 times better <laughs> than it was in the last time around for early voting. Uh, as I said, between the people who voted for Hillary and for Donald Trump, and she won by almost 3 million popular vote, whatever he wants to say about it, you had almost 100 million voters. We can call them the apathetic sit-on-your-ass group who then get upset and come out the day after, no, this didn't really happen. He's not president, is he? So it looks like if 50% of them get off their ass and come out and vote, we should definitely overwhelm him, no matter what he tries to do. And I'm really uh, feeling good, because I've seen some little snippets from our United States Cyber Command. It is a separate group within our country. And those guys are dedicated to what they do to protect us from cyber invasion. And they know that these guys are trying it, and every, every day, every minute, every second, these guys are on the front lines. That's why when people thank me, when they know I'm a vet, they oh, thank you for your service. I look at them, I said, you know what? Thank you for your service. You're a citizen. If you're doing the right thing, we're all serving our country. We all have a part in making it work. So I'm not going to go off ranting or raving about that. The subtitle for this week, if you've seen it, you know, when I was a kid, it was all about the, uh, the R's, reading, writing, arithmetic, and all that, even though we know arithmetic starts with an A. But, you know, when you want to write a song or a slogan, you pick the slang sometimes. Well, as I called it, the new four R's, and it's not that the R's are new, but they've converged. And the four R's, as I look at them, are raving, roving, roids, and rage. And Donald is quite capable of displaying all of them simultaneously and flitting around from one to the other without even recognizing that he's doing it. So we'll talk about that. Let me just say, as I said over the months as we've been talking about uh, the epidemic, the pandemic, I said it's interesting when you know Tony Fauci, who I have a lot of respect for, and all of our scientists and stuff who really put themselves out there. If you've ever been in a, a lab that's set up for germs and uh, infection and the rest of it, they put a lot of safety devices in there. 
because some of the junk they're working on, if it gets out of the lab, and people have written science fiction books about this, uh, some of them made a lot of money on their books, but they do work on things that are very dangerous, even if they get something new that they don't know. If a satellite comes back and it's got a little rock from an asteroid, we don't know what's on it. So we try and make sure we contain it and take it in a lab where it's in some kind of secure building. We try, and people don't always understand how much we do that. We have a lot of people at the pharmaceutical companies and the others who do research, and they deal with things that are dangerous, period. So I look at all of us doing our job. It's our country, as I keep talking about it. We each have one share, and we own it, and how we exercise our right of voting. You know, it isn't they take your share away, but your share is really wasted if it sits there and you're not doing what you should. When you're born, you get a share. You're a citizen, but you don't vote it till you get to a certain age. So overall, I tell people, I said, it's not just the guys in uniform, because it's the people behind us. If we didn't have the logistics and the supply lines and the manufacture of the uh, food and the ammo, We'd be sitting out there, what, spitting at the enemy if we were in the middle of a battle? So, folks, I've always understood that when it comes to this planet and whatever we may deal with, we're all in it together. So keep it in your concept. Uh, that old saying that I really like is treat others as you would like to be treated yourself. That one's simple. It makes sense. Uh, so, the Lincoln Project, I find them very entertaining. I think they're Saturday Night Live on super steroids. They come up with this great stuff. They have some creative people. So I have a couple little treats for you. Uh, and you may have seen them already, but I can't not show them. So let me just run the first one, and then I'll go over what the song is in the background for any of you who are not old enough or don't recognize it, so cue the first video. Don't cry for me, White House staffers. The truth is I will infect you all through my tweeting. My mad existence I broke my promise Won't keep my distance I always say too much Never mind the thousands of lies I have told to you As for wearing masks and acting sane That is nothing that I will ever so don't cry for me, sacred service Though COVID might just well kill you While on my joyride I spread the virus I broke my promise Won't keep my distance
The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Whatever it is, 30 seconds. Yes, I recognize. The uh, thank you for my wonderful technical group. Without them, I couldn't get my shoes on in the morning. Anyway, I'm not inept, but I have to give them credit. I look at everybody that I interact with as part of my team, even if they don't know it. Uh, you know, how you employ people is how you approach them and how you get them to cooperate sometimes. And that's part of the beauty of humanity. So anyway, that was a phenomenal video by the Lincoln, and it's cute. You, if you've been listening to me over time, I've told you my favorite presidents from kind of the middle of our uh, you know, democracy, all the way up to, and I don't use little d, big d. You understand when I'm saying democracy, I'm talking about our country. Anyway, uh, from the middle of our country, the Civil War, which was kind of a fallout. It's a family fallout. They had a brawl. They only have one house, and they're not going to go build a second house and live somewhere else. They want to take over the house, and I want to be in charge, or I want to be in charge. Uh, a lot of things happened, a lot of things didn't happen. Nothing is perfect. How you clean up after a war is very possibly more interesting, and we could always discuss it another time, than how you did during the war. So, fighting for control. In fact, we could look at the Civil War as being Donald Trump with a locked up Republican Party who is, I do not understand why these gentlemen, no matter what they've got in their closet that they don't want you to know about, are afraid to come out and defend their country. Because this man has started a civil war different than any other president who's ever sat there from any party against the country. And he's done it, again, for selfish reasons. We'll get into that. That's part of his uh, raving roving <laughs> roids in rage. I'm happy if they cured him. I don't want the man to die. I want him to suffer and go to prison, actually. Uh, and as I said, I would give my services gladly to do the audit, because I don't think these people know enough about what he's been taking from us. And interestingly enough, when I hear him at these last month or so, and he's throwing it out, I'm going to give $13 billion to Puerto Rico. $300 billion to blacks, we'll give them reparations, we'll give them that. You don't hear him saying about white supremacy, <laughs> that he disavows it, because he still has to go home and lay down with the people who generally are on his team. He's, if he were as smart as he thinks he was, in the first two years, as I've said, uh, and he hired anybody who understood politics really well, with an old Republican Congress, he might not have had that 2018 wave and lost the House because he could have started a couple of infrastructure projects, made people see he was doing stuff. He would have actually pumped up the numbers he liked that he did nothing about. He just let the Obama change in the economy keep rolling. And he just took credit for it like he did it. The man has gone out there and he tried 
and he got a couple of different people who push him in there for the Nobel Peace Prize. Because if Obama got the Peace Prize, why shouldn't he? He's much better than anyone else. Interestingly enough, I was so overjoyed because I would say the Nobel organization that gives out these prizes throughout recent history, they've generally been non-political. They pick people from anywhere and anything. If you want to read about people you would never otherwise hear about, it's like the Academy Award for Humanity. So the Nobel Peace Prize, and if I remember, the interesting thing was, and I'd have to go check it, but I'll throw it out there. I believe uh, Alfred Nobel, I think, was his name. He perfected or patented dynamite. It's not that they didn't have the black powder way back in China and stuff for explosives, but he came up with the modern, whether it was nitroglycerin or whatever it was, and that just made him a lot of money, and he put money into this trust fund, which gives out these million-dollar rewards to people because the fund keeps growing. And he rightly wants to recognize people who serve humanity. That's what the Nobel Prize is all about, any prize, whether it's in something in chemistry or peace or whatever. These are humans who know we're all on the planet together, and what we do affects all of us. So, so far that I can recollect throughout my history, I've never seen it really get political. So I was happy when I heard Trump didn't get the Peace Prize, which he was really having people put him in there for. It went to, I believe, the United Nations, part of their Feed the World program, which they do together with other organizations. So that brings me around to recognition. And recognition is really important. You want to recognize the good as well as the bad because, you know, generally in our society or our world, the way humans are, the good stuff, oh, yeah, mommy made me breakfast. Wow. You know, if she didn't make you breakfast, would you be starving? Would you be able to perform functionally in school or at work or whatever? Or daddy, whoever made you breakfast. So how we take care of ourselves and how we do what we need to really enjoy life. And that's what it's about, as far as I'm concerned. We put the effort into our day so that we enjoy life without destroying somebody else's enjoyment of life. And maybe, maybe, as part of what we've done, you help someone else. I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but it's not unusual for me. I was out walking around shopping. It's my exercise. I consider it a, a septuagenarian's exercise just to walk around shopping. And it's a social sickness with me. I learn about people and things. And I was in a, a Macy's at a mall, and I saw this older woman walking around with a cane who really needed it. And she was on the second floor. And I recognized she was up there looking around for gift cards, maybe for the holidays, because it's easier for her to wrap, to give, whatever. She had certain things that were making her not as uh, able to do things that she could have done years ago. And she was by herself. And she needed the cane, obviously. So I heard her ask the clerk, she said, where's the elevator? And I could have pointed her to it if she, uh, she was there, but the clerk said to her, clearly, oh, the elevator's out of order. <laughs> now, if you got upstairs, and this is something people don't think about, but I've had to think about for clients, for other reasons, and just because I'm bizarre in what I will think about. 
it immediately occurred to me that she faced the escalator, which is not fast moving, but fast enough for the way she can move. But going forward, it's in front of you. You don't feel you're falling off of it. And anybody who's crawled up any of these pyramid-like ancient monuments anywhere in the world, going up them is one thing because it's right in front of you. You don't feel like you're 40 stories off the ground. Get on the top, look out, and there's nothing around you. Then you got to look down and you feel like you're going to fall over. All of us have different feelings. So I knew she was dreading the idea of going down the escalator because it's going to pitch her forward and she won't be able to just grab the stairs. She'll be grabbing air. So it ended up that I was at the escalator when she was there and I didn't even, uh, you know, hesitate. I just looked at her and I said, ma'am, you want to go down? And she said, oh, yeah. I said, sure, let me escort you. I can use an escort. <laughs> so she started laughing. And I took her hand and I held her cane so she could hold the thing. And I took her down. I knew why she was waiting at the top of the escalator because I heard the whole thing. Does it hurt me to be involved when I'm out there in a public space with what I see and hear? This is what we are as humans. If we don't, now don't get me wrong. If you're taking your child or something to the hospital in an emergency, don't stop and change somebody's tire. That's not what I'm talking about. But we are all part of society. If we interact, there's a famous saying about little acts of kindness. I would want somebody, if I needed it, to help me. So we all can get to that point and I just put it out there that I really, you want to look at yourself and look in that mirror and know that you're a decent human being? Make sure, if you're not intruding on people, that you help if you can. Period. And it isn't always money. Just little acts of kindness. So anyway, watching Trump and what he's doing running around, he's the only one that counts. And remember, as I have said, this man has told us all historically, I'm smart, I pay no taxes. Now they want to tell you about the millions of dollars of taxes he pays. Well, he runs companies. He's done projects. He keeps himself off the project, so when he bankrupts them, he's not liable. But there are people who work there. So if he says, I've paid millions of dollars in taxes, yeah, payroll taxes, property taxes. These are user taxes or taxes that happen because of how we've fairly tried to set up the law that if you're earning stuff, you're going to prepay. That's your withholding. So he didn't pay payroll taxes. He paid his share if there's a piece on certain payroll. But generally what's withheld from payroll are taxes that we're prepaying so we can help support our country. When it comes to him supporting the country, you just saw the New York Times thing, 11 out of 15 years paid zero. 2016, 2017, he paid $750. Uh, I would have sent a check back to him if I was the treasurer and said, no, 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 you probably need it more than we do because you're not doing a damn thing to help us. You are taking advantage of everything that this country supplies to you a workforce, roads, security with military and the rest of it. How do you thrive in a business environment if you don't have a market? 
And how do you have a market that helps pay for your luxury living even if you're cheating? If you don't contribute something. And then when you win, you run around saying, I got to make sure they all pay their fair share. He's always blaming everybody else. I've always said, because one of my majors was taxation. I ran tax departments. I said, I would be happy one day to be interviewed by the papers and say, no. I've done so well that I paid more taxes than anybody else. And that doesn't mean I was dumb. It just means I earned that much, and I'm contributing to the country that gave me the venue to earn that money. If my brain's working, I'm in the middle of the desert. What the hell can I do with it? So you've got to look at things in the right way from a humanistic standpoint. You don't have to step down and be a mat that people step on. I don't believe in that either. But you have to be. Uh, the biggest prize to me is not the Congressional Medal of Honor. To get there, you have to also become what we call a mensch in Yiddish back in New York. That's someone that you feel proud of knowing, that you yourself, even if nobody says it, you know you've done the right things and you've been helpful to humanity. So we deal with a man who these monoclonals and the rest, the cocktail they gave him, he had to be advanced enough. He had to be oxygen deprived enough that he needed these different drugs. Because if you give them at the wrong time, like the rendesivir, if I'm saying it right, that they found out about it a number of months ago, was only used when you were in the intensive care unit and you were generally helped with oxygen. Because if they gave it earlier than that, it was sometimes too difficult on your body. It's like if you don't have a headache and you take an aspirin, that drug has to find somewhere to go. So it may affect other parts of your body that you didn't want it to affect, but there was nothing for it to work on. So when you get a drug, it has a purpose. So the ones he's had, so man, he wants to say, I must be immune. I must be great. He's stuck somewhere between <laughs> uh, the UK's prime minister and Brazil's prime minister. The UK prime minister, Boris Johnson, was a little humbled by it and felt better that science had helped him. Uh, the idiot in Brazil, he was happy to say, no, I'm in great shape and I'm athletic. We wouldn't have heard that speech if he didn't survive. Do I wish him to die? No. Do I wish him to feel pain and get back off the stage so somebody human can run it? Yes. So Trump is out there trying to tell us how great he is. And he's talking about, oh, everybody should have it. Everybody doesn't have Walter Reed and a team of doctors. Everybody can't, has no medical plan that's going to give him $100,000 for spending on drugs and et cetera, whatever is the cost. And the man is in the Supreme Court personally having driven this thing to take away the Affordable Care Act. And he again is promising you, I go back to when you were a teenager and you went on a date and you wanted to kind of get a little funny and, you know, discover what's really under the opposite sex's clothing. Whatever way you want to look at it, this is how we learn, folks. And uh, he 
wants to invite you to jump in the back seat. No, I'm sterile. Don't worry about it. I can't harm you. You won't be pregnant. Whatever. You go through all of these. If you grew up, you knew people like that who would lie to get whatever the hell they want and just want you to keep allowing them to do what they want. We don't have a program that's going to give this to everybody. And he's taking away the program that gives basic medical care to everybody. He hasn't put out a plan. He says, oh, no, when I'm reelected, I've got the plan. Excuse me. The whole Republican Party for the last eight years could not put together a plan to show us that they were going to replace the Affordable Care Act when they repealed it. And again, they kept calling it Obamacare because they didn't want to use the word affordable. Let's all be sensible. If you don't show me, if you don't, if you want me to be your mistress, you can't just tell me, I've got a lot of money, I'm going to take care of you. No, if I'm smart, I said, put it in a trust fund that's in my name and I see the papers. I'm sorry, I'm practical. And if that person you're dealing with is a wealthy business person, they know that they wanted things locked down so they could depend on it. Because if they then put their money in and their effort in and it wasn't there, they would fail. So we have to be realistic, folks. Donald will tell us anything he thinks we want to hear. I see commercials and mailers in my mailbox that are absolutely stupid and silly, big, shiny, whatever. So I applaud the Lincoln Project. They call it Lincoln because they're basically Republicans who put it together. They're very creative, very clever, so they've done it. We're going to show you another thing. Donald always wants to be in front of everybody. I've got another one for you that was brought up to me by my technical staff, but I'd seen it already, and I thought it was really clever. You know how they say this is the new black and orange is the new black because of the way they kid about his hair color? Well, red is the new orange. So cue it. Please put up Donald Trump made the cover of Time magazine again. He should be proud. So you'll see it shortly for you on the Internet. I'll describe it if you haven't seen it. Time magazine usually publishes what their cover is going to look like because everybody wants to know who made the cover. Well, the cover is the White House with the chimneys like a smokestack, and you're seeing all this red coming out, but it billows into a cloud that looks like those uh, viruses when you see it in the picture, the round ball with the golf tees stuck in them. So for you who can see it, if you haven't, look up Time Magazines. If you're on the internet and you can't see it on the screen, it's a picture of the White House spewing out this red that forms into a nice big cloud looking like a big ball of virus. So Donald, whether he recognizes it or not, has made the cover of Time Magazine because we all know that he's infected easily 30 people at this point, whether it was him or his activities. And he's still, because he's fine now. I feel like I did better than I did 20 years ago. So he feels he's going to have another rally. And the man is so afraid of being found out that he ducked the virtual, uh, and this was the, <laughs> the debating committee 
for the presidential debates, they said we're going to have it virtual. What's wrong with that? People are doing that. They do it in the hearings in Congress. So they were going to hold it virtually. So he said, I'm not going there. They could turn my mic off or anything. You saw in the first debate that he would not control himself. His people agreed to these terms. Technically, they're his agent. He agreed to those terms. But he wanted to show you how big and bad and he's going to overtalk Biden and show you how weak he is because I can keep talking when he's trying to talk. You saw what a fool our president is. That's why we're looked down upon around the world because he doesn't need anybody else except for his buddies in the Soviet Union and North Korea has grown in the missiles they now hold, the nuclear weapons they hold, and he's still writing his love notes to Kim, I'm sure. I guess he's going to go there on vacation. Maybe he's got a contract with Kim to put up the first resort with a golf course in North Korea. The man is minimally egocentric. The man is minimally cheap. When I say cheap, not in what he wants or he gets. He wants as much money as he can get, and he doesn't want to spend any of his. So he's decided, because I did a podcast months ago, which I had the cookie jar, and I was talking about it, and I still say he's treated our treasury as his cookie jar. He's hollowed out the U.S. government so that they're spending less of the money that's sitting in the treasury so he can divert it to things that he gets a piece of. People don't understand him. He's good at this shit. This is what he learned to do from his daddy. So he just keeps rolling over the expenses, and you go back. He always used the term OPM, other people's money. He told you he's not going to spend his money when he can spend somebody else's money. In this case, it's our money. Because he doesn't put shit in the treasury, but he takes our money out of it. I can't wait till we have enough votes so it's clear whether you count the mail-in ballots or not, this man has lost. And then, as I've said before, if you have to, put a siege around the White House, cut the electricity, the water, let out people who work there when they want to walk out, and he can walk out whenever he's ready, just sitting in there. Anyway, look, he was silent when those militia people were grabbed who were planning on grabbing and putting, they were going to put the governor of Michigan on trial. So what has he taught them? Law doesn't matter. Power matters. We're back to the old days where I've got a gun and you don't. I'm going to tell you what to do. Think about it, folks. They weren't going to take Gretchen Whitmer and run away to Russia with her. No, no, no. These people were going to do it right here in this country and put her on trial. It's a very delicate balance when you've got people who are in there helping the people who keep us safe, knowing when you break it off so you have enough evidence to convict these people. You don't want to wait till they blow something up. Because Timothy McVeigh was part of these type militias. For you who don't know, Timothy McVeigh was the bomber who blew off in Oklahoma the side of a federal building. And he killed a lot of adults and a lot of babies who were in there in daycare. These people don't care about human life. They care about making a statement. 
because they know they're right. Do they go out and run for office and try and change things? No, why bother? Get a gun, make a bomb, and that's how you'll change things. People, no organization, even if they had a couple of thousand people or 10,000 people, if they started an insurrection in our country, one way or another, they'd be put down. It may cost us a bunch of lives. So we have to be diligent and we have to work to keep our government responsive to our needs. That's what we pay for. This is a representative democracy. This is our government. And it works when we bother to support it. Does it mean that we support everything they do? No. If you had 10 of your friends get together, are you going to agree with everything they say? They got 330 million people. But it's live and let live, and as long as they're not breaking laws and you can, you know, within your own house do it, doesn't mean you can build a bomb in your house. We don't want you to blow the neighborhood up. So that's why we try and keep track. Uh, I've been around a long time. I believe in freedom, but I believe in being diligent and uh, ready for whatever may be happening. So you got this egocentric guy who was brought up with a father who was very successful and had hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate easily in New York City, sends him to an academy. So the kid had anything he wanted. He never had to get a paper route or you know go work at the grocery to earn a couple of bucks for Christmas presents. So, you know, and his father bought him deferrals from doctors who were renting space in some of his buildings. So the Donald grew up with, he was well cared for, he had what he wanted, and the father, this was his son. He, he knew at some point he's going to be taking over the family, running things. So he kept bailing him out because Trump came up with grandiose projects, but he didn't know enough and never learned enough of why they wouldn't work. Because there are many people who've come up with new ideas around New York City. Damn, we've got so many people who come up with things, but they also figure out how to make it happen. This man, his thing was just to have enough money and live well. So the expenses went all against other people's money. If they donated, if they bought into his project, and then he bankrupted it, so he didn't have to pay it back. So he's been living... This is the perfect leech, living on the dole at the high level. And because I've run tax departments and it's part of my education, I've been in countries where executives at some firms, they don't own their house, but they don't need to. They live in a beautiful house that the company pays for. They get great medical care, the company pays for it. So one way or another, is it equitable? We had things built into our tax law when you understand the economics and mathematics, which even in the 50s and the 60s, especially in the 60s, because a lot of that Woodstock feeling where we had people who were bright and getting educated, we had more people who got degrees in social work because they wanted to help humanity and the rest of it. So we had people who came up with new things that we should be fair. Everybody's not treated well. How do we take care of the people who've been kind of downtrodden or miss, missed when we're doing our programs? So there are a ton of those things that we could always talk about some other time. So you got this guy who was used to just getting money even if he lost and every project went bust. 
And then at some point, his father dies, and he takes over maybe $400 million. Uh, if you listen to the news, depending which news, uh, he's got his, uh, forget if he, she, she's his aunt or his niece, Mary Trump, suing him because now she's got more information that they cheated her out of some inheritance. Hey, Jerry. Jerry Olton, all I want is fake lying Trump gone. I don't want him gone. I want him out of our office. He shouldn't be running our government. We were stupid enough to let him get in there. Apathy put him in office. He lies about his illness, and then in 24 hours, he got his miracle cure. Lies, 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 disgusting. Let me tell you, I have seen people who get a shot of some drug, and it cures them temporarily. Part of what I'm talking about is when you're on roids and other things, and they mix this cocktail of three strong drugs. And more than that, because the Regeneron, I believe, is a cocktail by itself of a mix of things. So when you mix them, this man was afraid of dying. He couldn't take a breath. He's not telling anybody that. When you saw him get on the, as they call it, the Avita balcony. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you guys that uh, that thing with the... Uh, White House, where we were stepping up there, and they call it the Avita balcony. The Perones were a uh, autocratic leaders of Argentina. In some of my business travels, I was in Argentina, Buenos Aires being the capital, and that's where the Perones took care of everything. And Don't Cry For Me, Argentina was the song they used, which was a very popular song, and Evita was, I believe, the name of the musical. But the Perones were very dictatorial in Argentina. When I was in Argentina, they'd been out of, finally, they broke that uh, dictatorship. But I was privy to see the prison where they threw a lot of people in. And almost everybody who went in this prison in Buenos Aires, it was in a corner off a main road. No windows, no nothing. It looked like a little old castle that was made for Halloween Horror Night because it had no windows or whatever, just an entrance. People went in there, they almost never came out if they went in there, no matter who they were. So it was a very brutal dictatorship of sorts, no matter how the country looked and whatever was going on. That's what Evita the Musical and Don't Cry For Me Argentina is all about, the Perones. So there are different dictators. Some of them are referred to as beneficent dictators. While they do everything to make themselves live better, they at least take care of the population so they won't have a revolution on their hands and people can live well enough. Because you know what? As I've discussed endlessly, when you understand economics, everything that millionaires and billionaires own or heads of corporations run is worthless if you don't have a market to buy it or use it. So that was what the first one was. Lisa Zarnak, good morning to you too. Good to have you around. And if I don't say it, I am so pleased that all of you tune in, share it. And I realized uh, months ago, as I understand this medium better, that the good thing, it's like watching people who are into following an episode. When they talk about binging, if you've got the right equipment, there could be a show that everybody liked, but you couldn't do it. When I was younger, you had to see when it was on, make sure you did it, and then they had video recorders so you maybe could watch it. Nowadays, it's all out there streaming someplace, so you don't miss anything. You just go to it when you want. And I laugh. People I love dearly who are into the modern technology, 
They were going out to the internet because they could see what they want. They didn't have to watch commercials. And some of these people are business people. Nothing is free. We pay for it. It's out there because they want your attention, but they need commercials to pay the bills. It's like a life cycle in science. Science, that terrible thing. So anyway, yes, good morning, Lisa. Stay well, and I appreciate all of you. I've realized that after I do this, sometimes I have just so many watches or so many this, and then if I wait an hour or 10 hours, I've got all these watches and shares because you can come back. Yes, you know what time I'm on live, but guess what? Whatever I did live, because of my wonderful technical group, <laughs> they're fantastic. It's a person. They're that fantastic. They post it. So whenever you want to look at it, uh, whenever you need to fall asleep or put a baby to sleep, you could turn it on and listen to it. I do appreciate anybody and everybody. I do appreciate when you share it with people. Because believe it or not, I've been accused of talking to lampposts because I like to inform. If people ask me something, it's at their own risk because I probably give them a soliloquy that they didn't expect. But usually I could tell if they're looking to run away or if they're at least interested. So I appreciate anybody and everybody who watches it, who shares it. I did this because I recognized that I could reach more people than the next person who I bang into with my cart in Walmart or Publix. You know, talking to 300 million people one at a time, I'm sorry, no matter how long I'm going to live, it's really a big task. So if I can get to a couple of hundred who then share it with a few hundred others or a few thousand, whatever it is, uh, it's the wonderful thing of the multiplication in math. So I do appreciate any and all of you. Breaking news, Chris Christie said he's been released from the hospital after testing positive. This is the other thing. A couple of weeks ago, I explained there are two words. I mean, I love words. I really do. I find them interesting. They make you think. And when you start to understand the differences, that's where your creativity is triggered. You say, oh, this one is what I should use for this. Am I inviting you to have a salad or am I inviting you to a barbecue? You know, you put what you're inviting people to so they know how to dress or something. The two words that are important now and is so misused by so many people out there is isolation and quarantine. Isolation is like I said, if they pick up a piece of asteroid in space, a space rock, they don't know what's on it. They try and containerize it on the ship that's bringing it back to Earth, and they transport it in this container to a secure spot in a lab so that when they open it, if there's a monster going to grow out of that thing, it's going to be in some kind of containment thing. That's isolation. You isolate. And with this pandemic, if you test positive, it means you've got the virus. Doesn't mean you're going to die from it, but it's in you, it's active. You need to be isolated because it sheds replicas of itself. It tries to grow. So even if it's attacking you, it's also able, when you're breathing, to spew out and get people who might be around you. 
That's why isolation is what you use when you have the virus. Quarantine. Quarantine, and it's simple if people have been around long enough, when people come to this country from another country, and we know they came from someplace that had an outbreak of malaria, let's say, whatever. We have, when you look up our Department of State, we've got listings of different countries that if you come here from it, and you don't have to be from that country if you were out there on a trip, because I went to many countries. I bothered to look up our Department of State rules even before we had the internet going, because I knew, what am I gonna be exposed to? Is there anything I have to do? And is there anything I have to do when I come back to make sure I'm not bringing something? So, that's why our system is out there. That's why I say that all of us are integral to making sure that we protect ourselves. When they inspect freight that comes through ports, there are different ways they have to inspect it depending what it is. You're not looking at the automobile. If it came in a crate, what's on that wood? Are there any bugs in it that don't live in this country that we don't want released here, okay? So living has its own consequences that the more we're aware of it, the better we can live because the more we understand what needs to be done to keep our household clean or functioning. And I applaud everybody, whatever job they do. It's all like a watch or a clock and you see all those gears, the little gears and the big gears, none of them work without the other gear working. So we are all part of a mechanism that lets us live, be free, go out and enjoy ourselves. We're all stopped right now because we have not had a leader who brought us together to collectively work to beat this goddamn thing. So I look forward to Joe Biden taking over when all the apathetic people have gotten off their butt and vote. And enough of them, out of that 100 million that didn't vote, if half of them vote, you should see numbers for Joe Biden that are tens of millions above whatever Donald got. So I do look forward to it happening. Kim Jong-un insists North Korea has no COVID-19 victims. Yeah, that's, if you read the statement, I've learned to read contracts and interpret things. He has no COVID-19 victims because if anybody shows symptoms, he probably just throws them in an incinerator, shoots them, buries them. So that may be his way because he's in charge of everything, of controlling what happens. So while speaking to a large maskless crowd, so that's his way of showing off I'm tougher than Donald. I got a gigantic crowd with no masks. It is propaganda. It is when you live under a dictatorship, which is why we don't want Trump to go any further than he's gone already. So let me just say it's up to us. We are the guardians of our life and our freedom and our safety. And Donald, when he took over his father's 400 million, he blew through that. If you've been reading, he had almost a billion dollars built up for his war chest for this campaign. The first part of this year, he blew through 800 million of it. And one of his campaign managers was almost as big a thief as he is. So thieves attract, you know, you know, you usually find people who agree with what you do. 
So if you're a nasty person, probably the people that you pick to work for you are not that good either. They also would want to rob you the way you rob others because you think that's the way to live. I joke about it, but I don't. I'm always joking, but I'm always serious. It keeps me balanced, my yin and yang. So Donald got, so when he ran out of all this money, luckily the apprentice came along with that immigrant who wanted to stay here and made the survivor, then made the apprentice. And <clears throat> people thought he was this big guy at this big desk who was a successful businessman. Isaac Asimov, in all of the science fiction stories he's written, you can look him up, he wrote more than almost anyone. I think over 200 science fiction novels. Brilliant scientist. But Isaac Asimov, he could always take a speck of dust and put it into something else. Stephen Hawking, similar. A lot of scientists who aren't just buried in their science, but like the more creative side of explaining things to people. You have to understand, we have interesting capabilities as humans. But to be able to exercise them and enjoy them, we have to maintain our household. And it's our household. Unless you want to leave the planet, be my guest. We don't need you if you don't want to do your part. So Trump blew through his father's money and then... You've just read that in the first few years, he almost earned $2 billion of revenue. The man may get at a point where he doesn't have enough expenses and he may actually have to pay some taxes. I'm figuring the real October surprise is he's going to have his accountants release a copy of his 2019 tax return saying, you see, I earned three quarters of a billion dollars and I paid $100 million of taxes. So don't tell me I don't contribute. And we're going to forget everything else he did because he couldn't spend enough to bury it. But he is so, so cheap that he wouldn't do that. He'll figure out some way of offsetting it with more expenses. This is what the man does. Anyhow, so, uh, and he got people who want to back him, as I also did in one of my podcasts. I said, do you want to be Russia? and spend $50 billion on a new weapon system and new armament when you can spend 2 or $3 billion backing a Donald Trump that if he wins, you got your man, you got control of him. It was a, it was a bargain for a few billion compared to $50 billion for a weapon system. There are such things that happen, folks. These are the trade-offs. Kushner, his son-in-law, and his daughter, who work in the White House, and he gave them security clearance even though they didn't qualify for it, neither did he. They get zero salary. But if you look at the money they made when they came up with this 800, billion, 800 million that Trump spent, there's at least 20 million that they've traced back to fees that he gave to Ivanka. Yes, she's not working. She walked away from the company here. Yeah. So how is he paying her fees? What the hell is she doing? As I said, I would bet dollars to donuts that the space force that he created, Ivanka, is going to take credit for being over the design team who came up with their uniforms. And when they get their uniforms, it's going to be through a consulting company that's offshore that Trump owns that is telling us where to buy it and who should make it. And they get a fee for doing it that goes into his company and his pocket. 
If this sounds bizarre to you, I'm not joking. This is how you play with money and make sure you get it in your pocket. This is self-dealing, folks. So Kushner also started an intern squad when we ended up with this pandemic. Kushner was out there with the supplies that we needed. How are we going to get them? He put out feelers and he got a lot of smart young people who come from well-known families in a lot of cases to intern for zero pay, but they could work in the government and work for him. What did he have them doing? None of them were qualified. They were out there calling China or other people they knew in big companies because they may have come from families where they had connections to things, looking to see if they could find out where could we get masks or ventilators or whatever. So on top of Trump refusing to lead the country and centralize the project of making and getting ventilators, saying, oh, the governors, let them do it, and the mayors, let them do it. And they were all there bidding and bidding, as I've explained. The more they bid, the more the price went up. And then at the end, before they got it, Jared or the Treasury would step in and buy it and then put it in our supply. And then they would see how they release it. If you remember at the beginning, he said, oh, we're going to make it. Then anybody who needs a test can get it. And it'll be quick. It's never happened. He lies to make you comfortable. And if you're stupid enough to keep believing him when he's cut your arm off and one of your legs and he still says, no, 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 you're okay. We'll put the arm back later. Folks, <laughs> this is the biggest bag of wind on the planet. So Jared had these interns ordering all this stuff, interfering with the production, making it less uh, available because too many people were interfering. In economics, there's something called decreasing marginal utility. If you have an acre of land and you till it yourself and you put the seeds in there, it'll grow. If you could have somebody help you, you could probably till it twice as fast, put the seeds in, and go to the next piece of land. But decreasing marginal utilities in economics is a real easy concept if it's explained right. If you take that acre and you put 5,000 people on it, they get in each other's way. The land didn't get bigger, but the people are in each other's way. You can't even do your work. So the more you add sometimes to something, and that's these people making the phone calls and let the governors do it. If he let the governors do it, why doesn't he understand that they have no money left? We got another interesting one that came out. I mean, I can go on forever with this. Carol Hilliard Eber, hello. Good to hear from you again. I was sorry I missed last week. As I said, I love it. I live out there on this uh, electronic world. I have to go see it. Just wondering if you feel Trump has opened the door for white supremacist group. Open the door. He's almost the campaign manager for them. You don't need a door. Twice I was told that is not true. I think it is. All you have to do, just go back and look at when he was saying, when the people were out there for Black Lives Matter, black, white, Asian, all demonstrating together peacefully because they recognize we're in this together and there is something wrong because now it's been seen on camera. He wanted to stop it because they were taking away attention from the little baby. So what he did was, you could find them on the internet where he told these militias that were running around with their ARs and everything, 
He said, liberate Michigan, liberate this, liberate. He kept pointing them toward Democratic governors and stuff. He had them standing on the steps of the Michigan governor's house and the government buildings before. So he might as well have written a training manual for them. Kyoko Chappie. Kyoko, good to hear from you again. Good morning. Love what you're doing. Now let me just play another one. This is another one. The Lincoln Project. These guys are so creative. You may not see it on the internet here, but it's again where they show you <laughs> the degradation you have if you bother to date Trump. So that's an easy way of saying it. Just don't make them again. You know, like someone who said that I believe again, we can all make a mistake. When you make it the second time, it's no longer a mistake. You should have learned. So this is where we prove that we learned. Uh, again, there's some god-awful videos out there. Some of them are nasty, but these are cool. These people at the Lincoln Project, these are Republicans who are saying... I'm a Republican. I'm not going to change. Where is my goddamn party? You know? And again, they named it after, as I said, one of my favorite presidents, Abraham Lincoln. And I don't like him because he was a Republican. I don't dislike him because of that. Because I said, party doesn't matter. What you do matters. He was a guy who had visions of where this country was going to go. So that's why I like the guy. He was looking in the right direction for us. So you got Russia and Turkey and other people who fund Donald and he owes them everything and they take advantage and our soldiers die because of what he does. Period. It's not a joke. Kushner. Kushner got an $800 million loan recently to buy up property. Now he's working for the government. He's supposed to be divorced from his business. His family business is buying up big chunks of real estate that maybe are down in dollars that you make a bargain. But whose money did he use to buy this, one of his latest buys, while he's in office? He'll tell you, oh, I didn't do it. $800 million out of our Freddie, Fannie, U.S. Treasury, whatever. That's our money. We paid so he could play with real estate and be richer when he leaves the White House. Anyway. Uh, we've talked about isolation and quarantine. We're almost done. Oh, follow me, please, as my techie people keep telling me. A-E, the word equals, M-C, the word squared. 
You'll find me on Facebook or Instagram under that. If you want to email me, it's Gmail. my Gmail address is AE, the word equals, then MCSQ at gmail.com. And generally, you'll find me uh, you know, leaning on a post on some corner. I don't get drunk. I have a great tolerance for alcohol, which served me well when I had to go to other countries where they tried to feed it to you and take advantage of you. So, folks, as I said, and Trump, this question, Mike Pence didn't answer a goddamn thing. He's good at debating and doing stuff. So what he did was he kept posing, well, they don't want to answer if they're going to pack the Supreme Court. I just want to make this one point. The answer for Kamala or Joe is simple. We do not have to pack the Supreme Court. When we win the Senate, the House, and the presidency, we will pass laws that benefit the people. The people will be happy. The economy will grow. The Supreme Court will have cobwebs on them waiting for us to go there because we don't need them to protect us as Donald does. And if Donald brings stuff to the Supreme Court after he said that's why he wants these justices, technically the three that he would put on if he gets this third one, they should recuse themselves because their master who put them there is asking them to rule. And the other six should do any ruling. Folks, tune in next week. We'll do some more. Uh, alter ego's not around right now. Uh, hurts me as much as it hurts people who like listening to him. Uh, we have things like every other person on the planet, family issues, things to take care of, and I don't mean immediate, you know, relatives and stuff where, as I said, if you know they need it, you try and pitch in and help. So take care of each other. And by each other, I mean people who deserve your attention, whatever color, whatever race, whatever they are. If there's something you could do, you don't have to join the Boy Scouts to help an old lady across the block or an old man or whatever. Be a mensch, M-E-N-S-C-H. Cute word, means a good human being. Anyway, have a great weekend, I'm done before they cut me off anyway. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, and thanks for watching whenever you look at this.